You're listening to the Radiology News Network, RNN. Welcome to a new episode of the Radiology News Network, RNN. You're listening to the Radiology News Network, RNN. Today, I have two very special guests. You'll be updated by the president of the International Society for Magnetic Resonance in Medicine, the ISMRM, in the person of Professor Tim Leiner, and Mrs. ISMRM herself, Mrs. Roberta Kravitz. Radiology News Network, RNA. So welcome in the RNN podcast, uh, Professor Leiner and Mrs. Roberta Griffiths. Pleasure to be here. So, Thank you for having us. Well, maybe it's good uh, first to uh, introduce yourself. So let's start uh, with Ms. Roberta Kravitz. What is your original background and training and, and what is your role in the ISMRM? All right. Well, my background and degree is in political science with an international emphasis. I have a minor in modern European history. Uh, I also have significant experience with medical legal work. And so when I met the SMRM, which is one of the predecessor societies back in 91, I was hired to do some temporary work given my medical legal background. So from 92 to 94, I worked as an independent contractor for the SMRM. And then in 1995, I came on full time with the ISMRM, the newly merged society of the SMRM and the SMRI. And then in 2005, uh, I was appointed the executive director, director, which position reports to the board of trustees, uh, working closely on a weekly basis with the ISMRM president and vice president on, on um, uh, emergency issues or more um, uh, immediate issues. The part I've played is as executive director is one of facilitation and guidance for the staff, for ISMRM leadership and for the community. This includes policy development, budget recommendations, program development, corporate relation management, which are a few of the uh, key elements of my position, but largely facilitation and guidance. Well, very nice to have you in the podcast. I'm actually very honored that you're present today because we always get these mails from you for over 20 years. Every <laughs> week, every day, an email from Miss Kravitz. So it's really nice to have you in the show. I suspect that that somehow on my tombstone, when I when I go, <laughs> it's going to have something about the emails because that's what I post. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, and then, of course, our next uh, special guest is the president of the ISMRM, uh, Professor Tim Leiner. So maybe you can also tell us something about your background and role uh, now in the uh, ISMRM. 
Sure, happy to do that. Um, so my name is Tim Leiner. I'm a professor of radiology at Utrecht University Medical Center. And uh, that means I'm a clinician. So about half my time I uh, spend reading cases and uh, half of the time I do other things. And um, my clinical work revolves around um, Uh, cardiovascular imaging, so cardiac MR is a large part of my day, uh, cardiac CT as well. So, And uh, what I did before this is I, uh, I trained as a radiologist at Ma Maastricht University Medical Center, uh, where I also studied medicine. And um, after that, I had the pleasure of working uh, at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center for one and a half years in Boston. Uh, with uh, somebody uh, that everyone in cardiac MR knows, uh, uh, Dr. Warren Manning. So after that, I returned back to the Netherlands and I did my radiology training. And uh, I was in the fortunate position to uh, uh, that my uh, the chair of my department allowed me to uh, continue doing research during my residency. And uh, uh, so this really uh, kept me in the research field uh, while I was also learning about uh, clinical stuff. And um, so after I finished my training, I worked a little while in Maastricht uh, and then a uh, position came up in uh, Utrecht where I am still working today. So that's my, uh, the work I do on a day-to-day -day basis and I'm in the fortunate position uh, of now being the president of the ISMRM. So I work very closely with Roberta uh, on a weekly basis. We, we discuss things and uh, uh, we try to anticipate on things uh, Of course, we didn't see uh, COVID coming, but uh, that's part of our lives. And uh, yeah, so that's sort of uh, where we are today. Thank you for tuning in to Radiology News Network. So, Professor Lerner, you're now the president of the ISMRM. So you must have goals for the next years as president. So what are your aims? Yeah, so the uh, for sure, that's true. And uh, just to set the record straight, uh, the presidency is one year, which is very good because it's a, it's a heavy workload and um, uh, people get to take their turn. But the, the goals that I have uh, in my current role are, um, first of all, that I think um, outreach is needed. We need to tell our story to the outside world and... Uh, explain to people how important MR imaging is in current medical, medic, medical uh, management of patients. Uh, imaging, medical imaging is really the cornerstone of modern medicine and you can hardly live without it. And, uh, but I think we can still uh, explain better why MRI is such a good modality and uh, how we help patients every day on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, so that, that's one important goal. Uh, the, the second goal is that uh, one of my wishes is to, that we get more medical doctors uh, to come to our annual meeting and to help them to uh, guide us in the topics we need to study and, and the things that they are waiting for, let's say the problems they need to have solved from a, from a clinical perspective. So that's, uh, that's a second goal. And I think the Uh, you know, if you don't have MD input, uh, you can develop all kinds of really interesting new techniques, but the chances that they make it into clinical practice ultimately are, uh, are lower uh, compared to, you know, addressing clinical problems. 
Uh, and the third goal that I have is um, I, um, I think one of the fundamental forces that's shaping our field today is artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And uh, one of the things that I want to do is to make sure that people come to the ISMRM if they're interested in applying machine learning to uh, MR imaging. Uh, there are many, many people in our society working in this field, and um, I think uh, we are a, um, a go-to place in that regard. And I want to also, um, you know, do outreach uh, to make sure that everybody knows that they should come to the ISMRM if they're interested in this topic. So, Okay, thank you. Um, Mrs. Kravis, can you also first uh, summarize the general history of the ISMRM. When was it founded? There was a fusion of different societies and how did it develop past decades? Well, um, it started with two separate societies. The first was the SMRM, which was the Society of Magnetic Resonance in Medicine. And that started in 1982. It was more scientific-based And even though it was actually started in Boston, uh, Massachusetts, here in the U.S., it has it was largely based in Berkeley, California, for years, for years until about five years ago when we moved it out to the East Bay. Uh, the SMRI, the Society of Magnetic Resonance Imaging, was established in 1983. It was more clinical, and it was based in Chicago, Illinois. Um, I think it's interesting to point out that Dr. Paul Lauterbur was the first president of the SMRM and a gentleman by the name of Sherrod Amte, and I hope I'm saying his name right, uh, was the first president of the SMRI. In the early 90s, uh, there was a lot of interest in merging the two societies because their uh, goals were very similar and, and the corporate world wanted to uh, streamline their support. And so discussions began, I think, in around 92, just to, to merge these two organizations. Uh, the vote to merge was in 94, and the society became the Society of Magnetic Resonance in 95. And then uh, that lasted for about six months. They didn't like the name. So they changed it to the International Society of for Magnetic Resonance in Medicine, which it's remained since 95, um, the Nice meeting. So the Merge Society is an international nonprofit based in the U.S. Uh, it's a professional association whose purpose is to promote communication, research, development, and applications in the field of MR and to provide a continuing education in the field. We have a multidisciplinary membership of over 9,000 now, consisting of clinicians, physicists, engineers, biochemists, technologists, and radiographers. Uh, we have over 28 study groups now of focused interest. Um, we also have uh, 10 chapters based on geographical location. We have an annual meeting that's conducted on a four-year rotation. Uh, and uh, prior to this non-COVID world, we were doing up to nine to ten face-to-face uh, -face workshops a year. Over the last year, we've also increased our activity in the virtual meeting world 
and we run about two virtual meetings a month. And uh, we also publish two journals, the MRM, which came along with the SMRM, and the JMRI, which came along with the SMRI from Chicago. So that's basically it. That's an impressive list. Uh, very nice uh, society. That becomes more and more important because the role of MRI, of course, is also growing. So that's a very nice overview. And uh, Professor Leiner, um, uh, Ms. Kravitz already mentioned COVID-19, but I can imagine that it has a huge impact on the ISMRM. So how did you handle that in in 2020? Yeah, that was, uh, we can write a book about that, Roberta, once, uh, once this is over. But um, yeah, I think like many people, um, we were, you know, in the beginning, we were pretty optimistic that this could be contained uh, when we first heard about the emergence of the virus. Uh, but unfortunately, this wasn't the case. And we were, uh, let's say, semi-acutely confronted with uh, the need to, um, you know, look for alternatives of coming together physically. And uh, we had a meeting planned in uh, in Sydney, Australia. And I think, like myself, many, many of our members were looking forward to visiting uh, beautiful Australia and uh, meeting each other there in person. But, uh, yeah, we had to, uh, you know, of course, take safety uh, considerations uh, or precautions and, and, you know, the... The uh, this obviously is much more important than uh, uh, you know making sure that we get together physically and um, so we had to come up with an alternative and um, maybe Roberta can go into a little bit more detail but we had to you know find a provider that could host a, a really big society like our uh, like our own uh, it's it's if you have a small society, you can probably run a couple of meetings through Zoom, but uh, the societies of our size have uh, have bigger challenges. And um, one of the other things we try to do, apart from replicating the presentations and the educational presentations, uh, we, uh, we also really did our best to come up with a platform where people could connect uh, to replicate the social element and, um, uh, you know, all in all, I think it, it, it went well, uh, considering the circumstances and, and the fact that uh, we had to sort of lay the tracks while the train was running. So I'm, I'm happy with the result, uh, despite the fact that we're all, you know, sad that we couldn't get together physically. And uh, but considering the time pressure we were under, I think it, it went really well. Uh, what everybody is anxious to know, of course, uh, Ms. Gravis, is, is how will the ISMRM take place in 2021? Is it live? Is it online? What do you think? Well, it, it's going forward on uh, 15th of May. It runs through 15 through 20 May in Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, not only because of the pandemic, but because we're adapting to the needs of the membership, we're moving forward with a hybrid meeting. We're giving our attendees the opportunity to submit their abstracts for a virtual option only, as well as inviting educational speakers with that same virtual option. At this point, this is how we expect to move forward with all our annual meetings in the future. Um, while this community, as well as others, appreciate the face-to-face -face opportunities, and we don't expect that to go away, 
Um, the reality is the cost of international travel and uh, both personally and environmentally guides us in finding ways that our community can still meet and collaborate in the ways that allows them to participate. But for this time, uh, because of COVID, we are going forward with the hybrid option, hoping that the borders will open up and that a vaccine will be in place and that we will at least have a physical presence in Vancouver. There are a lot of ifs there. Uh, but the hybrid allows us to be a little bit more flexible in terms at the very beginning in terms of shifting our focus to a fully virtual meeting if necessary. And we expect to know that probably in late January. Do you have any idea how participants of the uh, ISM REM this year online, uh, what, what kind of experience they had? Do you have any feedback well, from them? Also, the online survey that we did is that people were very happy. They really liked the uh, one of the most positive feedbacks we got was the ability that we had to have all our speakers record their talks and having those available two weeks before the start of the meeting. That was extremely well received. Um, and then also we had what we call a newbie reception where we use this a uh, nice little kind of retro piece of of uh, software called gather.town and people were able to socialize within that environment which was a lot of fun and that got a lot of good feedback as well that sounds uh, really promising for the next edition uh, professor Lanner, content wise how is the uh, ism rem uh, society contributing to uh, increase the knowledge regarding covid-19 is there a role for mr um well that's the, to start with the last question is there a role for mr is maybe not uh, not not for me to say um because uh, the scientific work I do is not focused on COVID, but we've seen some studies that uh, point to a role for MR. For instance, in the field of cardiac imaging, many people who um, had COVID uh, seem to have uh, signs of myocardial inflammation, so inflammation of their heart muscle. And uh, I think this is now being studied in the wider context, so we'll have to see what exactly that means and... Um, how this will develop, uh, what it means prognostically. I think we don't know that very well yet. Uh, so so there certainly is a role for, for MR uh, in that sense, uh, at least from a cardiac perspective, maybe also for other organs. Uh, I think we're starting to see more and more research now. Uh, perhaps more importantly, um, I think it's also important to, uh, to consider lo the logistical aspects uh, of... Uh, scanning patients with COVID or, uh, you know, not scanning patients with COVID. Uh, so in the sense of separating the uh, patient streams in your hospital, and this, this has become a new consideration that we sort of never had to take. And uh, the society is working on, uh, on a document with guidance that can uh, be used by MR practitioners around the world to um, to scan patients with COVID and, and how to deal with this, which personal protective equipment do you need, uh, how do you clean scanners, uh, how can you set up the logistics in a way that you can still run your radiology department 
uh, while you're taking care of these patients. So uh, th- this is a consideration we uh, we have to do. And uh, so there's a group of people and uh, task forces working on this uh, on a white paper, which will hopefully soon come out. So thank you for tuning into Radiology News Network. Professor Leiter, uh, regarding other topics for the future, uh, do you have an idea what the main topics will be for future ISMRM meetings and courses? So, um, many, many topics. And in fact, uh, we have uh, uh, the biggest committee of the society is the annual meeting program committee, uh, which is a group of around 80 people, uh, which meet several times a year. And uh, what they do is they uh, they think about uh, things like your question, uh, what topics should we offer to the audience at our next meeting? Um, how should we do this? And... Um, so there's a, a whole lot of people continuously working on this throughout the year to put together an educational program that um, that reflects uh, the needs uh, of our society. Um, what we also do is we have the opportunity to, to submit member-initiated symposia. So our members can come up with ideas for educational sessions and they can then submit this to the annual meeting program committee who will uh, then consider these proposals and uh, tries to make room for them in the annual meeting program. So uh, so it's a very um, extensive effort to come up with, uh, with the, uh, the broad educational and scientific offerings we have. Yeah, I think they can uh, check the email address on the website, uh, ismrm.org, uh, how they can reach you and uh, Miss Kravitz for their ideas for future meetings and courses. So I think that's uh, really important for uh, the future of the ISMRAM that uh, the members contribute. Uh, Miss Kravitz, as far as you know now, what are the location and dates for future ISMRAM meetings? Is that already planned? Hi, well, I- before uh, we are scheduled to be in Vancouver from the 15th to the 20th of May um, in 21. The following year, we will from 7 to 12 May in 22, we'll be in London, England. Uh, In 23, uh, June 3rd through the 8th, we will be in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, May 4th through the 9th and 24, we will find ourselves back in Singapore. And in May of 2025, we will find ourselves once again in Honolulu, Hawaii, in the U.S. That will be a a busy meeting, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Uh, It sounds like uh, the ISMRAM is alive and kicking. So I'd like to thank you for your presence uh, in it in this podcast, so it was really an honor and a pleasure to host you. So thank you very much. And you already mentioned it, uh, the first ISMRM president actually was Paul Lauterboer, one of the inventors of MRI. And I also have again the new feature at the end of the podcast called Innovation Leads to Leadership. And in this edition, it is about the invention of MRI. RNN. Innovation leads to leadership. Professor Lotteberg and Professor Mansfield, your discoveries of imaging with magnetic resonance have played a seminal role in the development of one of the most useful imaging modalities in medicine today. The very first imaging in Britain and uh, more or less simultaneously 
to uh, Paul Latimer in the United States. The goal that uh, drew my attention to the problem was medical diagnosis. The worst thing that could have happened uh, would be um, cardiac arrest. Naughty boy, you have not been listening to me. Uh, you are totally wrong. Well, it could have electrocuted me. The better the idea is, the more simple and intuitive it seems to be to some people, which makes them think it's trivial. RNN.